Boo! Did I scare you? Our kids are not scared. Instead, find careers. This is Gene, and you're listening to Dumbasses Talking Politics. Hey, hey, this is Gene, and I'm doing a Saturday show. Oh my gosh, just because, you know, here's the thing. I'm changing things a little bit. I'm writing a lot more uh, when it comes to doing this stuff, so it takes me longer. That's why I'm cutting it down to two to three days a week. Uh, also, you'll you'll hear me cuss a little bit more, because it doesn't really seem to matter. YouTube is putting me on blast anyway. I had sex in the title of one of my... Uh, podcast and it, it sex wasn't sex as in let's have sex it was sex about gender so uh unfortunately they're not making a distinction they're catching me on words so i might as well cuss here and there and just say what i'm thinking because i'm funnier when i cuss anyway all right so let's go let's get into some news and then let's talk about another uh culture area that is just destroying this country first off um I love where Joe Biden is going. Sleepy Creepy Joe has just released this week his economic policy if he ends up president. And yeah, this is going to be pretty awesome. He wants to spend $700 billion on new clean energy jobs. I think the Obama administration actually did that uh, once and it didn't work out real well for him. Uh, free health care, of course. Free community college, of course. Free child care, of course. More COVID-19 support for families and small businesses, which is the guaranteed basic universal basic income is what he's kind of pushing for. That's a Bernie Sanders thing. Actually, all of this is Bernie Sanders. Raising taxes on corporations and individual in other individuals. In other words, roll back the tax cuts. Can I ask you a question? When did it become a selling point to say, I'm going to take more of your money. When did say, when did saying, I'm going to raise your taxes become a reason to vote for somebody? It used to be the opposite. I'm going to cut taxes. Now, raising taxes seems to be a thing. Raise the federal minimum wage to $15 an hour. So we definitely want to, between raising the corporate tax rate, the tax rate on individuals, and raising the federal minimum wage, we can guarantee a lot of businesses are going to close down. And then put a 100-day moratorium on all illegal alien deportation. In other words, catch and release. So this is where we're going with Joe Biden. Um, it's called the Build Back Better campaign. And it is also known as the Biden-Sanders economic plan. And I got news for you. All of these plans, they look like pretty much Bernie Sanders. All this stuff looks like Bernie Sanders. This is what scares the hell out of me. Joe Biden will not be president. Even if he wins, he will not be president. It will be his vice president. It will be Bernie Sanders. It will be AOC. Whichever radical black woman or person out there, that's the... Oh, well, whichever radical black woman is going to be his VP will actually be running the country. One of the reasons... One of the th first things I'd say is for a debate... Don't run a debate against Trump and Biden. It, that doesn't matter. Run a debate versus Trump and the vice, vice president, because that's what's going to be the issue. Don't be shocked. Well, that's not true. Um, I was going to say if Bernie Sanders ends up being the vice presidential candidate, but I don't think he can do that. So Bernie Sanders uh, basically sat there and said that this is the most radical, that 
uh, Joe Biden is the most radical president, will be the most radical president since progressive, excuse me, progressive pre president since FDR. And we know what FDR did. I mean, FDR basically got all his economic plans overthrown by the Supreme Court because they were considered unconstitutional. So this could be interesting. Listen to Bernie. Uh, I was glad to work with the vice president uh, in forming six separate task forces, which had some of the most knowledgeable people in the country coming together to deal with education and climate change and healthcare and the economy and criminal justice and immigration reform. And these folks, needless to say, people who represented the progressive movement had a different perspective on things than did Biden's people. But there was serious discussion and I think a real honest in effort to come up with a compromise. And I think the compromise that uh, they came up with, if implemented, will make Biden the most progressive president uh, since FDR. And this is this is what's really scary. Biden is not running anything. Biden is an old man. He wants to be president. He's probably going to leave the presidency a month or two after he becomes president, if he becomes president. But it's crazy shit like this that is going to be running this country. I mean, these people are nuts. They are nuts. They are power hungry. That's all they want. Uh, Trump needs to do a couple of things. One, he needs to tout his accomplishments. He needs to push it. And he needs to stop freaking tweeting. That tweeting thing is just out of control. And I mean, the day after he gave that fantastic speech on uh, in front of the Mount Rushmore, uh, he started tweeting just crap. That you, Why? 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 You had such a great speech, and now people are going to remember the like four or five tweets that happened. Um, I, I, I don't get it. But Trump is going, there's still a long way, and, you know, it could be a week and things change. And I still think unlike what Bernie thinks, is that Biden is not going to get a lot of voters. There's not a lot of people. He's going to have to have a very dynamic VP candidate. And he's going to have to debate Trump. This is, he is, I know he doesn't want to debate Trump. Obviously, he can't do anything outside of a, a teleprompter. And he can barely handle things in front of a teleprompter. But the reality of the matter is he's going to have to debate Trump and things are going to go south for him if he does. Uh, but we'll have to see. This is this is some scary stuff. And I, I usually am not the one that believes this presidency is really important. This election is really, really important. I think that is overdone. It was overdone when um, Bush was in office. It was overdone when Obama was in office. It was overdone when Trump won. I think if Hillary had won, the world would not end. We'd just not go anywhere. <clears throat> but looking at the difference that the left is actually become mainstream, it is now okay to say, I burned a flag. It is now okay to say the cops are murderers. It is now okay to tear down statues and conservatism and basically classical liberalism have, have gone outside the mainstream. This is scary, scary stuff. And I truly believe this election is going to be a big deal and we need to worry about it. This is another reason why I need to start getting over the, the cussing thing, because there are only three things that come out of Nancy Pelosi's mouth. Three things. 
dentures, spittle, and bullshit. Let's listen to her. I don't even have much to say. It's just, she's such a bitch. Um, Madam Speaker, this question is close to home for you. Um, the city of Richmond is obviously in sync with your desire to get rid of Confederate statues, but in Baltimore and Little Italy, the statue of Christopher Columbus was removed or taken down. And I wonder if you have anything to share about that. Well, I'm not a, a big, you know, I, I don't even have my grandmother's earrings. I'm not a big, uh, let's see what we have in terms of monuments in this. I'm more interested in what people have accomplished. Uh, I think that it's up to the communities to decide what statues they want to see. But uh, uh, I think that it's very important that we take down any of the statues of people who committed treason against the United States of America as those statues exist in the Congress of the, the, the halls of Congress, in the rotunda, uh, the, not the rotunda, I don't think, but in the uh, statuary hall and the rest, where most, many, some of them are. Uh, but um, I'm, I'm not one of those people who's wedded to, oh, a statue to somebody someplace is an important thing. Uh, I don't, again, if the community doesn't want the statue there, the statue shouldn't be there. Uh, I, that doesn't diminish my pride in my Italian-American heritage and the fact that uh, it was a country discovered by an Italian name for an Italian-American, Opus Fuji. Uh, so I have that pride, uh, but I don't care that much about statues. I, how do these people get into Congress, get into power? They freaking hate the country. This bitch is comparing a statue of Christopher Columbus. Well, we could say Juniper Sarah, uh, Abraham Lincoln, Ulysses S. Grant. Doesn't really matter. She's comparing them to her grandmother's fucking earrings. I mean, come on, dude. Really? That's your comparison. And we're not talking about the communities deciding to take these statues and put them someplace else. And we're not even talking about Confederate statues, which I think all of us can pretty much acknowledge that maybe some of these statues shouldn't exist. We are actually talking about gangs of hordes of vandals and criminals ripping statues, ripping art down. If you don't respect the man, at least respect the artwork. Someone actually created that. And that's one of the things. Hey, you want to take down... I. I'm not a huge fan of Jefferson Davis. I think he's a terrible human being. I am not a huge fan of Andrew Jackson. I heard he was an asshole. I, I just, I don't have any feelings for any of these people. So I don't care if you take their statues down, but that doesn't mean I want you to tear them down, take off the head and throw it in the ocean. I, I don't buy any of that crap. And these people are tearing down statues not just of confederacy, confederates, not just um, General Lee and, and Jefferson Davis. They're tearing down statues of Abraham Lincoln, Ulysses S. Grant, Junipero Serra. Um, there was a, a statue torn down of um, Douglas, the black philosopher and writer, but I think that was probably done by a white supremacist group. But either way, it doesn't matter. I don't agree with it tearing any of that down. Stop it. And you know what's really ironic? A group of people uh, went out to black out the Black Lives Matter graffiti that 
a city in California decided to put in the middle of their street. They were charged with three misdemeanor uh, counts, including a hate crime charge. These people are looking at serious jail time. They were inter- They won't get it, but I mean, they were interviewed by Fox, and they just said simply they didn't agree with BLM and didn't want it in front of their place. This was something no one asked them if we could write Black Lives Matter on front of the street, so they went out and they started, they started painting it out. Do you realize those two are basically the only people that have been caught? I know they did just catch a group of people that tore down or tried to tear down the Andrew Jackson statue. But they, nobody ever went after any of these people. Meanwhile, the city sponsors, which, by the way, I can't see is legal. Uh, Black Lives Matter is a Marxist group. Black Lives Matter as a group. And by the way, this is why Black Lives Matter is brilliant. They call their group Black Lives Matter and then dump, re- just throw up nothing but Marxist terminology in their website. And then if you say, I hate Black Lives Matter... They say, oh, you don't like black lives. No, that's not what I said. I hate black lives matter. And that's what this gal was saying. She wasn't saying she hates, they hate black lives, which is what they were being accused of. That's why they were called a hate crime. Hate, that's why it was made a hate crime. They were saying, I hate the organization. And the organization is truly terrible. Go to their website. Read uh, We're About, the We're About page. They are a social, they are a, they're not even socialists. They are a Marxist group that want to tear down the entire philosophy of the United States, which I think is insane. Now, with these two, I'll give them something. They were brave as shit. These two were the only ones out there blocking out this thing. They, they were lucky that the only people they actually were confronted by was police and somebody, people who were actually just curious about what they were doing. Because the Antifa, Black Lives Matter, these are terrorist groups. And if one of those groups had actually seen them, they would have beaten the crap out of them. And I, which, again, is another reason not to support Black Lives Matter. Now, here's an interesting story from the Wall Street Journal. It's about a group of teenagers in New York who are able to intern by scrubbing tombstones and repairing mausoleums at a Bronx graveyard. Sounds awesome? I don't know. Actually, it's a lot better a job than that. And those that volunteered for the internship, it's not even a job, it's an internship, are finding out this is a pretty good thing, pretty good deal. Let me clarify the article a bit so that um, it doesn't sound kind of morbid. Cemeteries are made up of tombstones and mausoleums. Over time, those become dirty or broken. They need to be fixed. And who fixes them? Stone workers or masons. Suddenly that doesn't sound so bad. These teens work for six hours a day on weekdays for 10 weeks. They learn how to set up scaffolding, apply mortar, power wash, and understand mausoleum documentation. In other words, they, they understand architect. They're learning architecture. The interns also aren't doing this for free. They make $15 an hour. That's not bad. But what the teens really are learning is a skill. Masonry is a centuries-old profession and can be applied to many more projects than mausoleum repair. And by the way, those people, masons, typically make between $30 and $40 an hour. 
Construction, art repair, home repair, all require someone who might require the specialty of, a mason, of masonry. And if a mason has a license and belongs to a union, this is a career, a real career, a career that is never going to run out. People are always going to need them. Why did I bring this article up in this podcast? My girlfriend Josie has three children. She wants all her children to go to college, even though none of them really have any affinity for school and really do not have plans for the future. So it's not like they're going to go to college to be a doctor. My daughter, going to college to be a doctor. My other daughter went to college in psychiatry, but didn't really know if that's really her thing. My son went to college, had no idea what to do. Okay. I told I told Josie, she might want to think about her kids skipping school and learning a skill from a trade school. Trade schools are less expensive, um, short period of learning time. They usually have... Uh, they usually have job placement, and they teach a specific skill that's usually wanted by the, by the community, usually wanted by society. And usually those specific skills pay very well. I mean, we make fun of, I, I do, I, I make fun because her daughters like to apply the makeup and all that shit. But the reality is that's a skill a lot of people want, a lot of people don't have, and they can make very good money. I live with someone right now. She does hair for a living. She gets paid very well. She has, her work hours can be a little bit bizarre because she does a lot of contracting, but she makes very good money. And it only took her several months to get her, her certificates. And I'll use myself as another example. I went to college. I got my BA degree in literature. But once I received my bachelor's, I could not do much with it. I needed at least a master's degree even to teach. I started teaching computer applications and, you know, Word, Excel, crap like that. And then I went on to, um, I was promoted, believe it or not, into teaching computer networking. 25 years later, I have a career, get paid well, my skills are desired by a lot of companies, and I have a lot of flexibility I wouldn't have had. And I got this not from college. I got this by working through, through a trade center. And the trade center said, you want to get a certificate? You want to get your MCSE, your CCNA? All those are computer certificates. Go for it. There you go. I did it. A year later, I'm suddenly desired by the market. And I have a skill that no one's going to be able to take away from me. No matter what they do, they can't take away that skill. Now, my BA is still with me. I write and read constantly. And my degree has helped my career. But I could have saved four years if I had just concentrated on learning a skill. Not to mention I could have saved a lot of money on tuition. And institutions of higher learning, heck, high school is pretty crappy too, uh, are becoming worthless. More worthless by the moment. Our kids are not learning anything necessary like we did in the past. And not being hardened to be able to handle the job market successfully or deal with people successfully, which is required in the job market. And they're being indoctrinated to the leftist view of the world. That's what I wanted to talk about. 
And I know it took me 20 minutes to get there, but that's what I wanted to talk about today. This is part of the problem with the left. This is part of the problem why we'll never agree. This is why we are constantly having fights with our youth. Let's talk about the institution of education. Our educational system is falling apart. Our kids are walking out of school stupid. And it doesn't matter what school. Preschool, grammar school, um, junior high, high school, college. And a college could be a community college, could be Harvard. It doesn't make any difference. They're all getting stupid. Let's take a look at some things I'm talking about. And we're not going to sit back and say, oh, this is what the schools are doing. Let's take a look at the specific subjects, especially in the United States. Mathematics. I'm amazed at children. I'm ama I am amaze children in restaurants. Not because I can make a quarter disappear with a napkin, and I can do that, and it is amazing to children, but because I can calculate a 15% tip in my head. I actually had a kid challenge me with a calculator. We bet $5. I had the answer before she even pulled the phone out of her pocket because her calculator's on her phone. And by the way, no, the kid never gave me the five bucks. The little cheapskate. My point, mathematics and science are completely ignored, even discouraged in our country. Math is not even a thing anymore. In fact, there is a push to make math into something racist. This is no joke. It is so freaking stupid. I will not even venture into that garbage. But if you want to, type in math, racist, and I guarantee you the New York Times will come up with something. I have not even read stories that have said math is racist because there's just, I don't care. And it kind of makes sense. If a man can be a real woman, why can't one plus one be six? Forget the fact that theoretical mathematicians, uh, uh, there is, I'm sorry, forget the fact that there has been a theoretical mathematician who specialized in chaos theory, tried to come up with a math system that proved that one plus one was six so that he could create a computer language that had the same chaos as the human mind. He ended up going insane. This was up in, uh, I believe, Stanford. And so this is, this is a thing. People do try and do this. But these are scientists. They're actually trying to do it. Forget that for a second. Let's just talk about the kids. They don't know math. They do not get it. They do not see it. why it is important, which is weird. They cannot add, subtract, multiply, or divide. Decimals and fractions are just like a complete mystery. Fuck algebra, calculus, and physics, and trig. That stuff's not even a thing for our kids anymore. That ain't happening. Our kids have just given up on it. Here's the reality. Math is the basic language of life. It is used in every other discipline, including music, art, language, astronomy, science, statistics, and logic. Hell, my haiku in the beginning of the podcast uses mathematics to calculate the number of syllables that it takes to make a haiku. All poetry does. There's a reason why... Um, uh, what's his freaking name? 
uh, Dante is a great poet and I'm not. Because he understands the basics of mathematics and is able to apply mathematics to language. I mean, it, this, is, this is insane. Dr. Seuss, who, by the way, is a racist. I don't know if he's actually a racist, but they say he's a racist. Defined his poetry off mathematics. Listen to it. The who is a blue is a crew. I can't do that. He does it off beats. And that beats, there's a specific mathematical formula for every stanza of his stories. That's why it's so important for kids to listen, to read Dr. Seuss. It'll, it'll encourage them to read. They will actually learn the mathematics of Dr. Seuss and be able to apply it. Beethoven, Mozart, and even your favorite rapper, which I don't consider music, by the way, use mathematics to come up with the perfect word, beat, and note at the specific time. A lot of people have this naturally. They just understand it. Some don't. You have to learn it. And when it's not natural, you know, I'm never going to be an Einstein no matter what I learn. He just has some natural understanding. But the reality is, and maybe this is why our music has gone downhill in the last 20 years. No one understands any of that crap. They don't understand that there's actually mathematics involved, that you actually have to have a certain tone, a certain beat, a certain number of syllables, things like that. That's the first thing. Why we're going to hell as a country. Science is the next. Men can be women. Natural gas, nuclear energy, and fracking are dangerous. Nothing but man is causing global warming. The world will end in 10 years. A fetus is not a human being. We need to take a train to Hawaii to save the world. All these stupid, sci quote, scientific, end quote, declarations by the left are based on, quote, science, end quote. And normal people laugh at this shit because we are ignoring science. Maybe we are not ignoring science. Maybe this is all bullshit. Here's the problem. Our kids are learning the crap I just mentioned above. I know a kid who shall remain nameless, who cannot do a simple math problem, or knows what an atom is. And she's telling me that Greta Thunberg knows more about climate change than I do. What? When I asked her when the last ice age was, she did not know. We're currently in an ice age now. When I asked her what the wobbling of the earth is, that's when the poles actually switch. So the North Pole switches and the South Pole switches. That it happens. Eventually, it's happening now. In a hundred years or so, um, the North Star in the Northern Hemisphere will no longer be the North Star in the Northern Hemisphere. That's astronomy. It's science. It's mathematics, by the way. She had no idea what I was talking about. When I told her that two economists that won the Nobel Prize in economics said that we would not face a crisis for another hundred years and then it would only cost 4% of GDP to fix... I asked her if she read the paper. She did not. And she had no idea of anything that I said in that line. 
which combined economics, statistics, mathematics, and science. Okay, I didn't ask her the last question. But I did tell her I did not take I did not take my scientific advice from a 14-year-old with autism and a compulsion disorder. This is what our kids are being taught in these schools. They're not being taught to reason. And they're where they're getting their information is just bizarre. By the way, I do believe in man-made climate change. Just to let you in, I, I can't I can't accept the fact that we have seven billion people here. We create cities, we destroy environments, and we're not causing it. I do not think the United States is the culprit for man-made climate change, which is what the left is pushing. Talk to China. Talk to half of North Africa. Talk to India. Don't talk to the United States. Talk to all of Europe. Don't talk to the United States. We don't care. We're not doing it. We've cut our emissions by a tremendous amount. The statistics say that, but again, our kids don't know any mathematics, so they don't understand what statistics are. Our kids are not learning science. They are learning talking points that masquerade as science, and they sit back and then they tell us that it's science. And all it is is opinions and feelings. How about history and civics? Let's see. Our youth is tearing down statues. They are tearing down statues of Abraham Lincoln and Ulysses S. Grant because they are supposed racist. They tore down a statue of Frederick Douglass and Junipero Serra. Not sure why. They're not sure why. They want George Washington, Thomas Jefferson, Andrew Jackson, and Theodore Roosevelt, and Andrew Scott Key. All gone because they're all racist. Our kids do not know shit about history. They do not know shit about civics. Don't believe me? Ask your child who Plato is, who Aristotle is, who St. Thomas Aquinas is, who Thomas More is, who Thomas Jefferson is, who George Washington is, who Abraham Lincoln is, who Mark Twain is, who Benjamin Franklin is, who Thomas Edison is, who Theodore Roosevelt is, none of them will know. And that's because our school system is failing. Ask them a couple questions about the United States so they can learn some civics and history of the United States. What are the three branches of government? Who is the vice president? What are the ten amendments? What are the first ten amendments of the Constitution called? What are the first three words of the Constitution? Name one right in the First Amendment of the Constitution. Who wrote the Declaration of Independence? What economic system does the United States use? Who is in the executive branch? What month do we vote for the president? What is the highest court of the land? They can't answer any of that crap. Everyone sits back like, what economic system does the United States use? Do you realize our kids don't know it's capitalism, yet they're on the streets? saying that we got to end capitalism. They don't even know what capitalism is. They don't know what fascism is. They don't know the difference between fascism and socialism. They don't know what communism is. Most of them have never lived through the Cold War. Most of them have never lived through Jim Crow. They don't know what racism is. They don't know what it's like to have to drink from a water fountain that is 
uh, different from the water fountain of whites? They have no idea, including the black people. They have no idea. They're kids. But after they can't answer any one of those questions, which, by the way, all those questions come from the citizenship test. You have to answer a couple of these questions to become a citizen of the United States. But ask your kids this. What is the LGBTQ? What is global warming? Who is Greta Thunberg? What is a union? What happened in 1619? I guarantee you they know the answers. Our kids are only learning the history the left wants them to learn. In other words, the history is how crappy the United States is. Literature. Are you kidding? Look at the books that are banned. Mark Twain is banned because he had a black, because Tom Sawyer or Huckleberry Finn had a black man on a raft and they were both naked because the n-word was actually used look at how your kids write do does do they look at how they speak where are you at that's not an english sentence look at this stuff happens every day the thing is with the kids writing and I, I've actually received, I've actually tried to check on the writings of children. I've actually corrected the writings of children. I can't believe what they're writing is getting passing grades. And we're not even talking about m- writing from my generation. Or we're not even talking millennials. Well, we are talking millennials. Teachers are teaching the kids to write like this crap. And of course, language has become racist. Oh, well, you know, there's no cultural thing with blacks or Hispanics or anything that makes no sense, by the way. English is English. You speak English. That's it. English is a language. You don't use a double negative in English. You use them in Spanish, which makes a lot of sense that Hispanics will say, I don't have no whatever. That that makes sense because that's their language. That's his uh, uh, Spanish. Spanish uses double negatives. Why an African-American is do, using the same terminology and ending their sentence in a preposition when they're supposed to be learning, that's not how you speak? I mean, half the time I've been watching these protests, half the time I can't understand what anyone is saying. I could spend, I, I'm an English literature major. Uh, uh, I've studied things like um, um, language, how language actually works, linguistics. I have studied literature. I've studied philosophy from literature. I've studied poetry. I could spend a week on English. And how it's being just bastardized in this country. It's disgusting. (laughs) It's absolutely disgusting. So we've talked about the main areas of our education system, which is failing. And it's, it's failing big. I mean, our kids, 
we haven't, if I have an interview with a 25 year old, I guarantee you some shit's going to come out of his mouth. That's just going to be like, what, what did you just say to me? Not that I'm insulted, but it's like, you just assaulted the English language. That's at, that's not a sentence that you just made up. And when I read resumes and I read mission statements and I see commas and periods missing, run on sentences and stuff, I'm like, I, I, it, no, this person doesn't even know how to write. At least hire someone. That's why a lot of these companies, uh, a lot of these people actually go out and hire someone, pay, pay a thousand. I heard some guy paid $1,500 to have his resume written because he couldn't write. And he understood English, he could read, he could do whatever, but the reality is he could not write something down without screwing it up. This is scary. Why is our school system like this? There is a fantastic book out there called The Coddling of the American Mind by Jonathan Haidt and Greg Lukanoff. And it has been referred to several times. And it's a very long book, and they give a lot. But they talk about one thing. They talk about, like, the progression of kids. They talk about the coddling of our children during preschool, grammar school, uh, um, junior high school, and high school. They talk about helicopter parents where parents are very concerned if Johnny gets a D it's not Johnny why'd you get a D it's what's wrong with this teacher that Johnny got a D and then the teachers are being just pissed on by not only the parents but also the um, also the uh, school district well maybe you're being maybe you're being too harsh God forbid if that person who got the D is a person of color well, you're not being culturally sensitive. So when kids get out of high school, it becomes a point of, you just created a bunch of bloody snowflakes where they're all sensitive, they're all oversensitive to everything. And it doesn't, it does mention a lot about um, the left and the need for the left to actually indoctrinate the kids. But I think this is the point. The first 12 years a child's life in school is to create a snowflake, to create someone who's feeling, not someone who's logical. When you go from first grade or kindergarten all the way up to about eighth grade, these children are coddled. From about ninth grade to twelfth grade, they're coddled, they're indoctrinated, but they're coddled. They're given left-wing attitudes. But between ninth grade and 12th grade, maybe even further than that, maybe 6th grade through 12th grade, they're coddled still, but then the indoctrination becomes tough. Global warming, LGBT issues, gun control, things like that. They become issues. Race relations become issues. When you get into college, things change. At this point, college is pure indoctrination, but it is a business. How does someone get into Harvard? And we see this when we look at um, 
we see this when we look at the scandal, the Harvard scandal, the UCLA scandal with all the rich people. College is a business. They're there to make money. That's what they're there for. Having the right grades is not as important as having the credit rating to get into the college. Harvard used to be a very difficult college to get into. UCLA used to be a very difficult college to get into. Now you do not need, it doesn't, it is not so difficult. You just have to have the right credit score and a big enough bank account to get in. That's it. And then Harvard and UCLA and Stanford's still pretty good, but Berkeley and other schools, uh, Yale, schools like that, it used to be di very difficult to stay in those schools. It's not anymore. They want to keep the kids. They want to keep the cash flow coming in. So not only are these colleges teaching kids how to are are indoctrinating these kids into society they're not training these kids to actually work in the workforce because let's face it the workforce has changed i have to watch everything i say i've got millennials everywhere including above me i have to be careful everything i say because i might hurt their feelings even the workforce today is changed and I think even people above me who are millennials are seeing um, this is kind of a problem because these guys are this and that and that. Well, dude, they're the same freaking age as you are. I've been telling you that for years. Hey, if I didn't do a good job, I hadn't, someone told me I didn't do a good job. And guess what? I mean, I hear it now. 52 years old, I still hear about it. College is not the answer anymore. College does not teach you the skills. They do not teach you to be personable. College fears flunking you. That's a big thing. It, the question is not whether I can get through Harvard. The question is, when am I getting through Harvard? No one gets kicked out of Harvard anymore or Yale or Berkeley or UCLA. It's when they're going to get out. There's no chance of failure. This is not a good way to be a teaching institution. You need to fear failure because failure is life and our kids are not learning life. It's about bank accounts. It's a wonderful book, uh, The Coddling of the American Mind. If you want to read it, it's long, it's dry because these are scientists. These are sociologists, well, sort of scientists. They're so I think they're sociologists, but it is a wonderful book and it really shows just how fucked up our college system is and our education system is and the big problem is it's not getting any better it's just getting worse okay you can follow me on twitter at running fool r-u-n-n-i-n-f-e-w-l you can download or listen to this podcast on pod on apple Podcasts, podbean podcast addict and youtube you can uh, visit my website at www.dumbassestalkingpolitics.com. There you will get all the links for my references. You will get the text of the conversation with fewer cuss words. And you will see all the videos. This is Gene, and you've listened to Dumbasses Talking Politics. I almost messed up. And, oh, that would have been just tragic. Uh, Charlie Daniels.
the writer and singer of one of the greatest country songs ever, The Devil Went Down to Georgia, died this week at the age of 83 of a stroke. Um, I've been listening to this song. I love that song. My dad introduced me to that song when I was like, I don't know, 10. We used to wash the car together and listen to the song. And then he would drive. He had a, This was when we had tapes, right? There's no CDs. No XM radio, none of that. And we used to listen to this song driving, and I used to rewind it. I absolutely loved the song. That was a time when rewinding a tape took, I don't know, 15, 20 minutes. It was, um, I don't know any of his other songs except that, but I think it was, when I heard he died, I was like, oh, that's too bad. So let's conclude this podcast, which is probably going to get a violation on YouTube, whatever. With the devil went down to Georgia, by Charles by Charlie Daniels, rest in peace. The devil went down to Georgia. He was looking for a soul to steal. He was in a bind because he was way behind and he was willing to make a deal. When he came across this young man sewing on a fiddle and playing it hot And the devil jumped up on a hickory stump and said, boy, let me tell you what I guess you didn't know it, but I'm a fiddle player too And if you'd care to take a dare, I'll make a bet with you Now you play pretty good fiddle, boy, but give the devil his due I bet a fiddle of gold against your soul, cause I think I'm better than you The boy said, my name's Johnny and it might be a sin But I'll take your bet, you're gonna regret, cause I'm the best as ever been Johnny, rising up your bow and play your fiddle hard Cause hell's broke loose in Georgia and the devil deals the cards And if you win, you get this shiny fiddle made of gold But if you lose, the devil gets your soul The devil opened up his case and he said, I'll start this show And fire flew from his fingertips as he rosined up his bow and he pulled the bow across the strings and it made an evil hiss. And then a band of demons joined in and it sounded something like this. Finished, Johnny said, well, you're pretty good, old son, but sit down in that chair right there and let me show you how it's done. Fire on the mountain, run, boys, run. The devil's in the house of the rising sun. Chicken in the bread pan, picking out dough. Granny, let your dog back, no child, no. The devil bowed his head because he knew that he'd been beat 
And he laid that golden fiddle on the ground at Johnny's feet Johnny said, devil, just come on back if you ever want to try again I done told you once, you son of a bitch, I'm the best as ever been He played, found a mountain, run, boys, run Devil's in the house of the rising sun a Chicken in the bread pan, a picking out dough Granny, we don't fight, no child, no